It's Yojo June, everybody. Welcome to G.I. Joe Book, episode 182. We're going to call it Tanks for the Memories. Hey, hey, hey. My name is Steve. I'm joined by two other South African lifelong friends of mine. One of them's name is Rob. Hey, it's a me. <laughs> I'm coming up first today. This is a, this is a rare privilege. Uh, I caught you with a mouthful of what are you eating, Rob? I got to know. Uh, I, I'm just eating uh, oatmeal. Ah, it's because delicious. it is, it's 12 noon in uh, the dark continent, it's 8pm in the Breakfast. far-flung future. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> I was just crawled out of bed, um, I'm, I have designs on getting into bed, uh, but Whoa. We, are, we have a weirdo who lives in strange times of day, his name's Paul, so he's probably fresh as the daisies. Hello, Paul. I'm super fresh right now, what's up, guys? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I've been up since freaking seven this morning. For God knows Yo. what yeah, yeah, I don't know. I wake up early on weekends. It's weird. Shame. That dude. is very strange. You're like the opposite of, of people who work like nine to fives. Yeah, well, it's like I got to take the kids on Saturdays for Kung Fu usually on Saturdays. So I kind of have this habit to wake up at six on a Saturday. Uh, and then, yeah. And then, and then you're just a... like, eh, let's just push through. Yeah, that's I'm pretty much it. <laughs> I just play games or... Play with toys or something cool, you know. Hell yeah, <laughs> Toys on the weekend, outstanding. That is my favorite kind of weekend. It is pure Whoa. indulgence zone if you are able to actually handle some plastic. Like, that's that's a lofty goal right there. That is winning at life for an action figure collector slash player. Agreed. Mm, well, we, agreed. we've certainly entered the indulgence zone now. I mean, Yojo Dune, uh, it, it seems like we, we're slowly getting new new announcements and stuff. Still no comic news, though. Toy news, though, uh, I think. Wasn't there? Wasn't there? Toy well, news? Well, is there anything you guys want to sink your teeth into? Like, G.I. Joburg has kind of moved away from being a news podcast. We used to go over every single classified forthcoming attraction in great detail, talk about oh, the digital sure. renders and all that shit. And now I've kind of gone off it because there are more immediate, more uh, consistently <laughs> released um, avenues for that kind of information. Yeah. Some yeah. of them good, you some of them up-to-date assholes. <laughs> I, 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 like, uh, I, I do like having an opinion on some of those things. Uh, oh, for sure. so, and the one thing I definitely want to share an opinion on is how amazing the trouble bubble is looking or the flood pod. I think Whoa. that's that's it's very not even a hand slab. Wow. I know, right? It's, it's shocking. You can actually just buy it on a shop. And I'm, and, and I'm giving a I'm giving scrap iron the old sideward glance on Big Bad Toy Store. I'm working out if I should pre-order it or not because it's a really, really cool toy. But there are other G.I. Joe concerns in the next few months. And then also I had to have a good chuckle about Grunt, the classified Grunt. And I'm sure <laughs> you guys know why. Um, mm, if, if it, he doesn't have the flat top hair. Like if he it's does not from the 90s, it's very upsetting, it's... and the expression is not shouting. <laughs> he's okay, well, he's, he's not, not shouting. That's not what I'm getting at. Um, oh. you, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Grunt, or, or if you know the image, and for our listeners, I'm sure you know where I'm getting at with this, but he comes with a steel brigade helmet. Yes, yeah. yes, he does. So I just I had to chuck no, that. Because... He comes with two guns, which I find it. I don't know. I find that a bit weird. He comes with the like an eight, no, okay, M16, and he comes with like a laser rifle too. I just to me that kind of I, feels like it. I, I like accessories that that the characters can all can use simultaneously or have all at once. 
So Grant can't walk around with two two machine guns? No, I don't think he can. <laughs> I think that's that's that's, that's kind of like. Eh. It's a concession for classified collectors to play it both ways. You know, there is this this growing urge to address people who issue the kind of the realism of classified and want sailors with bell bottom pants and you know black powder pistols, percussion pistols, and the classic ubiquitous sunbow laser rifle. So like mm. you can play your grunt in two ways. So yeah, so I just I I, I well, think I suppose concept... you can have like a new age one and an old age one. Exactly. Old age one, just like the figure the classic figures themselves. I mean, conceptually, <laughs> I think it's very cool that they've given him a steel brigade helmet. Um it's like, fascinating. Yeah, because I mean if you if you don't necessarily have a particular fondness for Grant, then at least you've got a, a an army builder, which already puts kind of a red flag on the figure because now everybody's gonna buy them to make Steel Brigade. Steel Brigade. Well, because he's he's his, you're on the, the, the name, isn't it? Steel Core. Steel Core? Is it Steel Core? Steel Core. I, I don't, I don't know what stupid Steel name Brigade they've given it now, they? but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad they didn't mess the Tiger Force too much. But Metal Man. Yeah, so so that that's exciting. And I see that guys are getting their hands on like shipwreck and whatever's early, which is cool. Uh, I'm very excited for Shipwreck and Torpedo personally. I think they're going to be course. outstanding toys. Um, I just recently like received... I mean, I know this is like new shit section. and um, But it's not really new shit section, but it is a cool thing to mention. I got a very nice classified figure in the mail this week from Mr. Ryan. Um, mm. Yes, and I'm very excited. I've been shooting some footage here and there where I can. And I uh, just want to roll out the other two reviews I've got before I, like, <laughs> uh, get excited. But, uh, yeah, that's... Well, he... w- one last figure thing I saw, or mm-hmm. kind of two, I suppose. The Higher Toys Storm Shadow comes with, like, a a tattooed arm. Yeah. And I don't understand the reference, because they, they're saying in, in, in the description, like, ah, oh, like, the original co- concept <laughs> art of Storm Shadow. What is it's that from? It's a very strange time we live in, guys, because... Obviously, Higher is taking the initial classified designs and running downhill with them as like the optimized. I mean, the term that Chris from Full Force throws around is evergreen. Like those were Mm. the style sheets for the classified series at its outset. And that's obviously the design work that Higher Toys took on board as like, this is G.I. Joe. It it, it says to me that that obviously they do not have the history with the brand to yeah, know that no idea what the hell's going very, on very yeah because obviously <laughs> you know if storm shadow's arm is completely sleeved up like that all of a sudden the the importance and the kind of uh, the, the striking nature of the Russia kage tattoo is lost like that is that is the defining tattoo that should be on storm shadow's arm in fact i'm yeah. going to argue that it should be the only tattoo on storm shadow's arm yeah because he's, 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 he's not an ink kind of guy yeah, it's yeah. Just that that symbol is of vital importance to everyone from his clan. But interesting, you, you mentioned the design philosophy or origins. Um, mm. I was looking at the Snake Eyes, and also apparently his design is actually based off, or at least from what I can see and, and, and comparisons I've made, is from that that stupid video game <laughs> that came out on the Xbox. Yeah. Yes. Sure. So his design yeah. is actually very close to his look from that video game. Which, in turn, were the designs that the classified oh, series was started off with. Oh, that Storm okay. Shadow was never produced, however. 
because uh, they quickly course corrected when the writing was on the wall that the game wasn't very good and classic gi joe fans who were buying up classifieds left right and center weren't terribly fond of the new design elements you know the little like matrix of leadership communication <laughs> doohickeys and the gold armor portions and all the kind of like the blue glowing i don't know color touches things <laughs> yeah, there's just sort of the, yeah. the gaps between the armor portions have this kind of, I don't know, technological glow to it, picked out in light blue. All that stuff has now been kind of course corrected away from. But that leaves higher toys with, as I say, this kind of rather dated style sheet. And they are going for it, man. They are, they, they're going to make sure that all those Operation Blackout designs uh, yeah, see yeah. light of day. And we see it with Beachhead as well. That is a very like early classified inspired beachhead with the yeah. poofy, poofy beret and the very like almost real but not quite real green gun mm. Mm -hmm. oh, I, th I still think it probably has its, has its place and i think for some reason it's less offensive at three and three quarter, three, three quarter inch i agree four, yeah, i think it, it pushes just just north of just four inch. yeah so i think it's yeah. less offensive at Joy that scale, scale weirdly enough because we have so many other versions of the characters, I feel like it's kind of cool to have another version. And not to mention yeah. the fact that, like, 4-inch modern is dead. I mean, yeah. third-party third G.I. Joe manufacturers are making O-rings, um, other than Marauders, Inc. Um, and but for, as, yeah. as far as Hasbro is concerned, like, the 4-inch ended with, I don't know, that blue hiss and the ore striker. Yeah, that, the, that whole thing. Um, what I want to add to that is the four inch toys are picking up popularity in Asia, um, because it never ended. Uh, acid yeah, rain. well, to be fair, but it, it grew. I mean, there's Acid Rain, there's Joy Toy, uh, Higher Toys is doing this line. And, um, the reason I know that it's popular in Asia now is because Bandai has done a four inch, uh, uh line of Gundam figures, actually. Um, hmm. The yeah, human they, characters, not the uh, human American. characters. Yeah, soldiers, cool. uh, Shah Amuro, uh, Frau. They've done some vehicles. Uh, they're very, very cool, actually. And they all come that with like, awesome. shareable accessories. So you buy, yeah. So if you buy like all of them, they've all got great accessories that all work together. So it's just a pity about the price. They're a bit expensive, a little overpriced, if you ask me. But that's how I know it's uh, that kind of thing is picking up popularity in Asia. Um, so that's it's interesting. Weird paying more for a smaller figure. It is weird paying more. The pendulum <laughs> has figure. swung the other way. Like three and three quarter inch used to be the the entry level action figure, the cheap one. And then yeah. you get the bigger ones with more accessories and more paint apps. Now it's yeah, it's the other way around. Ah, well, now you're paying these a premium are also, for less. So it's they like are premium. Version. They're licensed, and they well, not in the case of Bandai, they own Gundam, don't they? But like, yes. yeah, yeah, these things are are, are beautiful. And the engineering has to be top-notch because the right, plastic right. tolerances are that much thinner and smaller and, yeah, everything's shrunk yeah. down. And then, the uh, speaking of premium, uh, a new Firefly was announced by, um, I keep calling them, yeah, it's Mezco, before mm. I call it Mezco. <laughs> Mezco. Keep calling and Mezco. I would like to have that Destro in hand first before I make any future decisions on a Mezco figure. Um, but the Firefly looks outstanding. It's got all of the it's got all of the things that I liked about the sideshow and that, that got me excited about the sideshow figure and having 
Well, owning the sideshow figure means that my excitement to own the Mezco one is pretty much, you know, non-existent. But yeah, it looks good. I mean, it's a good-looking toy. It's an interesting-looking toy. It's got some cool features and little things to play with and whatever. But yeah, that was announced kind of covertly, just sort of just slid into <laughs> people's toys. Really with accurate. Firefly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, read his file card, man. In and, and out without anyone noticing. Exactly, and I mean, it doesn't yeah. even photograph. So there's some cool stuff coming, I mean, toys-wise, to get excited about. But uh, Well, I'm hoping for a lot more news this month, um, especially like comic-related. Like, I'm very... I really want to know where this thing is going so I can avoid reading it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, uh, let me put this out into, into, into the, the ether, into the, the, the public consciousness. What if the deal went south? Oh, gosh. They've paid Larry for the issues that he's scripted so far or done the plots of um, and paid the artists, of course. But maybe maybe it fell through the cracks somehow. It sort of stalled uh, before then, the ink yeah, had dried. Yeah, shelved it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe the new publisher thought, actually, you know what? G.I. Joe's numbers are not looking so great. Yeah. They're moving a lot of plastic in the classified series, but that doesn't necessarily trickle down to massive comic book sales. I mean, G.I. Joe was never a massive concern when IDW had it. Yeah, he so, kind of had its heyday when Marvel had it, when the you know when it was absolutely huge, you know, outselling even Spider Man in the eighties. Um, yeah, those lofty days are not going to be repeated. But like, its numbers were even low for, you know, any published comic book. I believe I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But like, I, I say it ain't so, Steve. Say it ain't so. But like, something tells me maybe this delay is being caused by business related reasons. I say that from absolutely no insider information, but it's just like something it's that... It's gut feeling. Well, like we would have heard something by now. Tingling. Yeah, I'd like I to have, think so too. I have a different theory. Um, or... Yeah, I don't know. I think we're still going to get a comic book. Uh, and I think the reason they've gone completely dead on it is uh, for us to have these conversations. Um, or should I say, uh, there's that little Easter egg at the end of the Transformers movie. And I think that's changing the game. And because they've got a, a blank slate now with regards to the comic book and everything, I think first, I, I think I've got this funny feeling that Larry Homer might actually be announcing that he's doing a screenplay. Um, I've got that feeling in me. I don't know why I have that. There's no evidence to support it. I just feel like that's maybe what they're going to do. Like maybe Hasbro's decided or Paramount or whoever the frag is going to be doing that movie has decided, you know, maybe we should get the guy who actually wrote G.I. Joe to write the G.I. Joe movie. Maybe that's the thing that we've been making the mistake with this whole time. Well, so, do you know who's I, scripting the, the forthcoming G.I. Joe AAA video game? I don't. I'm, it's Brandon Joa. Oh, cool. And Joa, I have to say that the name drop gets me excited because, like, if... The, I don't know if there's a, a better positioned, like, strictly G.I. Joe scribe than him. Um, he did a lot of Devil's Due, didn't he? He did. He did. He did yeah. sort of the, the latest stuff before the license then kind of transferred again. And, I mean, he he is a G.I. Joe scribe himself. Like, he, he comes from a place of tremendous enthusiasm for the brand. He is a fan mm. first and a 
very capable writer also first but you know like the yeah so i mean i love larry his work is indelible but is he the right man for um, like a, a going concern i think someone with a better overview of perhaps all the disparate cogs of gi joe like larry's very cagey about the fact that like his joe is what appears in the comic books that he's penned he doesn't take cognizance of anything else to his strength maybe but also to his detriment there are fantastic elements that are equally if not more recognizably gi joe existing in mm. the cartoon i mean the cartoon is most people's touchstones with these characters no, it just had that that more wide-reaching appeal there might even be laudable elements like what was so cool is like the creative director on the video game was plucking various plot elements and brandon was very flattered by the fact that some of them actually came from from him <laughs> from nice. his run on the comic book he was like um okay uh, i'm very flattered but did you know that i wrote this arc so that's, that's cool. cool and that that information comes courtesy of an interview that uh, that he did uh, you can catch the full interview i think there's a histank.com uh, article but uh, failing that don't worry boy Cl boy mcleod at full force has got you covered he would have done a, a news burst on it and uh oh that's great well then mm. then that's because uh, then that does sort of feed like my my hair-brained very little evidence theory of <laughs> where, where it could be going that there could be some writer from jadjo so gonna be because that makes sense i mean think about transformers for two seconds before the movie came I must. Out. yes <laughs> you must you must think about it but before with the transformers, before the bayverse happened Transformers was pretty much dead. Um, there was like the Armada cartoon or animated series that was out sort of. And there was not a lot happening with that brand. And then all of a sudden, uh, this, you know, they, they built up this, uh, this whole Transformers film and then the rest is well history. I mean, they, they sold a lot of plastic and now pretty much most kids know who Optimus Prime is and, and uh, actually more, more of them know who Bumblebee is. So maybe that's because they had a nice blank slate to work with. And at that uh, with G.I. Joe, they didn't really have the blank slate because Devil's Due was kind of running uh, around the uh, same time as uh, the Stephen Summers film. And I think it was Devil's Due or Devil's Due had just ended and IDW had started a run and they were going for it for a little bit. And, the, and, and there was foundation there. So maybe, maybe this is what the brand needs. Maybe it needs like a complete reboot from the ground up. Maybe if it has robots... Uh, monkeys in it then so be it robot gorillas um so be it but if it brings the brand back to life cool and there's a I video on youtube robot gorillas a lot more than i can tolerate like bloody optimus prime with flame decals and like led running lights underneath him i mean come on you know, <laughs> like the, Op the optimus primal design at least has you know design ethos that 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 kind of you know comes somewhere between the cartoon and where the bayverse aesthetic sits mm. yeah i i can get with that i mean uh I, I still feel like the best cinematic representation of transformers was the bumblebee movie and that's uh, and and even more so that uh what the few minutes of cybertron we saw was like my favorite transformers movie in live action <laughs> <laughs> I have heard um, this before. <laughs> you, you may have heard me say this before, but 
yeah, let's see how that goes. Let's let's see what happens. Uh, I'm curious to see where they take it because you know that the Transformers movie line has failed, or at least for me it has failed. When the only reason I watch them is to see <laughs> Anthony Hopkins and and Malkovich having an absolute fucking piss take, you know, in these films, because that's the entertaining thing for me. It's like, you know, I I keep watching these two very seasoned actors in these movies. And I can just a see fabulous them. paycheck, let me assure you. Yes, yeah, no, they totally did. And they just it's just such a piss take. And I'm like, this is it, this is great. It's great watching these two gentlemen. It's like they're in the multiverse, they've ended up in this movie, and they were like, Oh, well, we're actors, we might as well act and do, do our shit here. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even know what my character's <laughs> motivations are. Fuck this, I'm making my own character. Let's go. That's been mo- the most fun for me in the in the most recent Transformers film. So yeah. Anyway, we we've gone all over the place. We've gone across the whole spectrum of of fan. Mm. I suspect really somewhere in here we've got. I a... I just wanted to say how cool I thought you know Yojo Dune would be in Transformers. <laughs> well, this prompts scenes. this prompts a very important hot button topic. Of course, by the time oh. most people listen to this podcast, the information may well be out there. But as it of recording, it's Sunday. The 4th of June, tomorrow in the United States time zone, sometime then, (laughs) the HasLab will be announced. We all know it's going to be a dragonfly, right? Right? Is it even worth debating at this point? Convinced. God, it'll be funny if it's not. (laughs) Really academic, which is fun in and of itself. But if we take it as read that it's going to be a dragonfly, I want to know what you fellas think are going to be the first, second, and third tier unlocks for said HasLab campaign. Oh. Rob, let's start with you, man. Well, I mean, obviously it comes with when um, Wild Bill. I mean, it has to. Yeehaw. But then I'd like to think you could unlock um, Airborne. Very I good, yeah. Really awesome. I think that'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be really cool if you could unlock... Um, is there isn't a dock in the classified line yet, right? Damn it, that was my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we I'd all are perhaps... that you could put... That's eh? also my thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think we might all be um, of a of a feather here. But, yeah, um... we want the stretches and dock to come with it. Oh, and also we want to be able to reproduce that that scene in the cartoon we watched last week, where you can put three figures in one of these instead of two. Yes. That's what I want to see. That, that's the level four. Then <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to diverge slightly and, and say, no, they're not going to expand the interior troop capacity of the Dragonfly. They're going to keep it lean and mean and attack helicopter. I, I do oh, like the sure. idea of airborne being um, unlock number one, perhaps, because there is a second chair and you've got to get mm. another figure. I, I mean, maybe it would be a, a part of the base offering to have both Two Wild Bill figures. and well, who's yeah, listed as, as the the figure on the, the the canopy class? I think it's like a Culbert or something. His name's Culbert. Um, because yeah, it's just like, like the Haslab Sky Striker. There's a name on the classic Dragonfly, and that figure was never produced. So maybe we're gonna get a unique figure as like the second chair. And then airborne being a, a tier one unlock to give you a guide to ride the skids, basically. Mm. But also, I think 
optional weapon packs have got uh, that to makes it. sense because yeah, you know, you've, you've, you've got six missiles you've got six missiles as part of a base dra dragonfly you know ordnance payload but then a, like a rocket pod for each um wing would be mm. great that you can switch out what other weapons would be cool like a laser laser gun yeah or maybe so, you can swap out the the gun in the in in at the un, underneath the uh, or the gun that's on the skids i mean if they're gonna yeah. do classic dragonfly it's got that random cannon that just kind of hangs off the side it's of the fuselage like okay mm. i just attached yeah. to a pipe <laughs> and a bar uh, extra accessories and the characters it comes with uh one of the ideas i had because you know uh, rob you mentioned doc <laughs> mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. so i thought maybe like a rescue mode of it so you, you know it comes with dog comes with a stretcher um maybe it's got like some kind of uh, uh like to to hang onto the skids like a med pack you know with uh with the rebreather uh, not, not a rebreather um like with oxygen and all that kind of stuff so you could kind of you know play it out as like the dragonflies landed you throw the joe on the stretcher you can know you can put like a mask on him and whatever's and have him like you know airlifted out and that kind of vibe. So I feel like that might be a thing. Like it's a medical rescue mode. Is the I'm gonna one... take that idea and run with it. And just say that there are two ways to play this. You can either mm -hmm. have a stretcher on each skid, mm -hmm. uh, like mash style, or you could bring in the winch because yes. the winch on the dragonfly. Is a bit erroneous. Is this a cargo? Mm. Like, is, is it supposed to be sling loading stuff? And then what is it sling loading? Like, the, there isn't an ammo dump in the classified line. Maybe they could make one. But more clever would be to make some kind of rescue cage, mm -hmm. you know, that you could kind of send down the people on the ground, can thinking, yeah. put the wounded trooper into it, and then it'd be hoisted up, secured. And have an IV and stuff, yeah. That's well, the word I was yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know, but like yeah, IV and a little monitoring device. It's got lights <laughs> on it. Hey, it's GI Joe, dude. It could be that. Shoot the know. stars. Good, good, good. Uh, All right, um, so I think that's one, two, and three sorted. What is it? A Extra crazy... figure, weapons pack, and like a med pod. Yeah, and then we have to have one completely. They'll never do this because it's too cool an idea. They'll the never US do that. Like to land on? <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> let, let's let's scale that back. Let's imagine Hasbro tries to get you to buy four of these things, and every Why? one of these dragonflies that you buy, <laughs> you get a certain tier, comes with a piece of the tactical battle platform. <laughs> so if you buy four of them, you can assemble a whole tactical battle platform. So then you have four <laughs> dragonflies to hoist the thing. And a tactical battle platform in classified style. They were obviously Why very not? inspired by our, our video. I think, yeah, you're right. That would be knowing, it as Hasbro's watched or, our videos. Knowing, yeah. knowing Hasbro's track record with the Haslabs leaving the factory with like mismatched parts, just imagine the pandemonium of trying to get a pallet together, going to one buyer. With mm. a sort of an A section, a B section, a C section, and a D section of a, a TTBP. I think you I will get hundreds of people, thousands of people even, like returning their Haslabs because they got like two left sides. I didn't say they'd do it well. <laughs> I just said it would be a really amazing idea if they could pull it off. Like, it would and be they an won't pull it shit off. Storm. Crazy. I would love, I would get my box of popcorn and take into the comments section of uh, Facebook groups. Yeah, I mean, because they, they did royally mess that up with some of the Sky Striker stuff here. But well, 
you think to yourself, it'll never happen to me. And it didn't happen to me. But we all know Brian Lower, HCC 788. His HasLab arrived with no engines. Wow. (laughs) I mean, like, of all the people to have that happen to. all the people. And he did it in a live stream. He was live taking this thing out of its box. And he's like, oh, that's funny. (laughs) Nothing rolled onto the floor. Like, well, (gasps) I don't know if even Brian is necessarily on the radar. Like these guys are, well, I can't necessarily say that he's a big, big name amongst yeah. us. So maybe you know, they're cognizant of him, but I think they're far more cognizant of comments happening on message boards than they are on like YouTube reviews. Yeah, yeah, but they the don't thing, have the time about, to watch videos. But those, but those comments probably read something like, "Yeah, I also watched Brian Lowe's stream, and Hasbro screwed him over too." You know, and that's how those comments. Who's next? As well. Who's next? <laughs> well, you know, plenty of people next. There's a lot of because, yeah. screw ups. Fortunately, mine wasn't screwed up because if it was, I would be screwed. I don't know if I had any recourse to get back at Hasbro. You know, mm. having gone through a third party and being all the way over here. No ways, man. What I'm supposed yeah. to call their customer helpline? Be on hold, international style. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, like. But yeah, I think still um, coming back right, to the so idea. We don't you in Austria. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I still think it could be a fun idea. It, I, I would love to. I mean, it would be great if like Hasbro had their shit together to the to the degree that they could actually successfully do something like that. I mean, one of the obvious ways to like not mess that up is instead of making it an A, B, C, and D uh, dragonfly, just do four different artworks. You know, for the right. respective like pieces of the TTB, uh, uh, TTBB, uh, TTBP, you know, <laughs> like just make it like different four different artworks, and the people packing it can be like, okay, we have to put four of the different artworks on this palette. You know, it's like it's really not rocket science, but anyway. But then there's also the guys who have to pack the boxes, and Hasbro's oversight with that. Paul, so, yeah, I love you, but I think we've given this cockamamie idea of yours enough airtime. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and if it was to happen, it would be such an afterthought. Like if you think of the terrible, um, like the deck vehicles that came with the Sky Striker, they are so piss poor. They're literally yeah. like the, the lamest slapdash. Yeah, if, a, if this a, is how we get a TTBP, then I, I'd rather they not. Just, just don't. It will be oh, like like Tupperware or like plastic, I don't know, oh, beach. Um, like kid, like a kiddie's, like, I don't know, sandcastle making kits. Yeah. yeah, it'll be that thin, crappy plastic. Just like the stupid vehicles for the HasLab Striker. Blech. They stay Blech. in the box, boys. They never <laughs> see the light of day. Yuck. <laughs> well, they could do Moving so many on. things. I mean... We, yeah, sorry. I just my mind is just going out there with like you know people wanting a classified flag and all that shit. And it's like it actually is possible to do. It's just not possible to do as one meal. You know, if if Hasbro could get their like logistics um, in check and and make sure all of these things work, they could actually do a subscription service. And after two years, people could have a full size classified. Are you talking about those biweekly things like? Build a, a DeLorean. They buy the magazine well. that has a little piece of the flag. Because one deck plate this week, and then two weeks from now, another deck plate. And eventually, over like 12 years, you'll, you'll have your own flag.
Hey, I've seen one of those DeLoreans and I've seen one of those complete DeLoreans, dude, and it's freaking amazing. I know, but I'm very like sorry flag, that they screwed up my stuff. Do a flag that way. I don't know, Paul. I think that, that could be a way to do it. Stars. I tried yeah. fading up the music like at the academy, so I could. Yes, move I, you guys I, I was playing the music so you could move us along. <laughs> you have to do it a bit more. You have to, you know. But anyway, I, I, I like, I like that you, you're so innocent, Paul. It's, it's like it's not that. It's just that, like, Never I like an idea. I and I like it. I'm making it work. <laughs> and and the thing is, like, if I had Hasbro's power, financial power, and whatever's behind me, I sure, could make stuff it. like that work easy. Not the only easy, problem is convincing someone to buy four dragonflies. That's the only thing. I well, mean, people bought like five three hundred dollars each. Strikers. Yeah, three hundred dollars. So... So that's twelve hundred dollars to 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 get to get yourself a TTBP. Yeah, but that makes sense. Think about it financially. I'm not it makes sense because yeah, think think well, about how many people bought multiple TTBP. Think about it this way: if you just wanted the TTBP and one dragonfly, you'd flip the others. I mean, they probably will put a limit of five per customer. That's mm. that, that's what they did with the hiss. That's what they did with the the sky striker. I think it was five, not four. Yeah, so you, you'd be able to buy in excess and then turn them over on the secondary market, assuming the secondary market is hungry for this stuff. I mean, it's been yeah. kind of tepid for the sky striker, if I'm to be honest. Probably it ain't no sale barge. Mm. It's just gonna take time. It, eventually, people will buy them. Eventually. People just gotta hold their horses. It's just a sky striker. It has bells and whistles, <laughs> but it also it it fails in a number of key respects. It's like it's just no, legit. It's not a winner. It's still <laughs> new though. It's the newest guys, one that they produced. Steve, you actually bring up a very good point there. Are you guys actually excited at the prospect of this dragonfly? Like, does it excite you? Does it get a fire burning inside of you? It's a classified dragonfly. I don't give a shit. Um, I'm just interested to see it. I'm excited <laughs> that they're making it. I think that's pretty cool that they're making it. I want to see newly designed G.I. Joe toys. But it's a classified Rob... dragonfly, so I don't give a shit. Like, I really don't care. Like, <laughs> I'm like, never going to buy one. Burn head, so. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I am surrounded by the misery. Oh, the overwhelming fornication and destruction. There's no harmony in the universe. We are completely. Just, I love the jungle. I love the jungle. I love the jungle. It's, it's my favorite <laughs> to stand here in the jungle. Uh, <laughs> we are like half completed sentences in a suburban novel. I knew you would appreciate that shit. I knew you would when I sent it to you. I was like, Bob is gonna love <laughs> now this. We're now we're completely unattached. Guys, I couldn't give a shit about the dragonfly, to be very honest with you. I think conceptually, <laughs> I love the idea of doing it. We're losing listeners um, here, guys. Yeah, no, sorry, <laughs> listeners. But like, I, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't feel like Hasbro's like fully getting things right that I think getting excited for a dragonfly is just us as fans getting excited at the prospect that Hasbro may not fuck this up. That is the wrong kind of mentality to have. Uh, you know, when the modern era figures were coming out and they were announcing new toys, we were excited. We were like, like the excitement was palpable. People were like, oh my God, I can't wait to see what they do with XYZ figure. Oh, we've heard rumors of low light having a bullet or here's a picture of one of the accessories for low light people lost their shit and it was exciting it was like yay like, Paul, that, that, 
for classified collectors, that is exactly what this feels like. Every release is a cause for celebration or misery or both. You know, it's like excitement Except is so palpable. <laughs> sorry. Falcon fans, I'm no, so sorry, Falcon fans. There are wins and there are losses, of course. But like, yeah. just because it's not tickling your fancy, flicking your bean, um, don't... Just, it, this yeah, is but, still an exciting time for G.I. Joe yeah. fans. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, yeah. I think classified I'm not just speaking fans, for myself, so though. To... That's, that's what and I'm getting at. Let I me zoom feel... out of the cynical mode. Yeah. And it just occurred to me, while Rob was on his tirade, and while Paul jumped in to second it, that I fucking love talking about G.I. Joe with you guys. We've been doing it for over a decade now, and this is my happy place. And if a Yay. classified HasLab Dragonfly, for good or for ill, whether it's shit or good, or people have miserable expectations or... Like, love talking about it. Or, or if it's amazing and it's just blowing the barn doors of everything, the fact that we can get together week to week and talk about it, that... What that a is, Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love the fact that out there, there's some some hangers-on, some some GI Joeberg diehards, our Berg yeah, boys, yeah. our boys and girls, and fucking it, undisclosed, um, who, for some strange reason, like hearing this banter too. We love absolutely. you guys. I think that's fantastic. But and yeah, that's what GI Joeberg Dragon... is all about. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna pin this uh, Dragonfly. I'm not interested in it personally, but I'm happy that people are. I'm glad that Hasbro is producing um these these wonders i mean it's it's a it's large behemoth. scale figure i think that's pretty cool yeah. and and i hope it I hope it is something cool for the classified fans i mean it keeps gi joe going in people's minds you know the same oh, way true. we do so that's cool just now they announced it and i think it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen for sure and that's the I'm thing gonna... once you see it you you're going to want to buy it especially when it comes with the ttpp Hey, I'm still trying to get my hands on this. I, I still want the Pentor and Mindbender, dude. Those are like, those are very exciting for me still. So, Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I need to get bubble? that right before I can even think of a dragonfly. So, yeah. Good and times. a trouble bubble, yeah. Trouble mm. bubble. And yeah, but uh, thank uh, God that's a regular release and I can get that through BBTS. You know, I don't have to like, you know, speak to a, a, like some kind of, you know, speak to I don't have to go through hoops. I can just go to BBTS uh, when it's announced and uh, when they actually have it and I can go pre-order and wait for it, you know? that I, I can't do this, like, find some, uh, uh, like, dealer who's going to make a plan, is going to do this and they're going to do that. And it's like, you know, for that to happen, it has to be really the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And, like, unfortunately for me, uh, for me specifically, I think the the snake, uh, the Serpento and Mindbender are, are like stunning figures and i really love the air chariot and i like everything that's going on with those guys and i have to go through these like weird channels to try and get my hands on something on those guys so you know it's like it's like <laughs> modern era all over again but it's okay it's 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 what we deal with as south african fans you know it's just a, it's just the way it goes i mean as, as, a, yeah. as i understand it the americans aren't having the easiest time of it either so we're all in the same boat but yeah, I can't think of a dra dragonfly until I have a Serpento or Mindbender. Play the music. Play us out. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, I, I feel like I Shit, we should get a classified buzzball. Anyway, let's... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Boys, Dawn of the Arashikage, parts one and two from Renegades. Um, did you watch this cartoon? I when did. it came out? No, I didn't. But I did watch I did. it quite recently. <laughs> Paul watched mm. it when it came out originally. Is it Dawn did, or Return yes. of? Oh, is it Return? Whatever. Sorry, return, Dawn of the Arashikage is okay. the, the storyline that deals with Dawn Moreno uh, in the comic yeah, books. But yes, return. return of the Arashikage. Apologies. So which of the Arashikages are returning? Hmm. Let's get into it. Rob, give us a, a summary uh, from your, your perspective, in your own words. Um, what happened in this two-parter? Okay, so Snake Eyes drugs the, the G.I. Joe team. To his little cabin in the middle of the woods, and then they can't get away. And he's decided Perfectly that timed, they need to... saying. <laughs> On. He's decided that um, he needs to train them because they, they don't know squat about ninja stuff and they're all really quite rubbish at it. They don't know dick about um, shit. <laughs> Jinx is there too. And uh, yeah, somehow um, Stupid Breaker has put the pictures of the Joe team on, on the internet and the Roshikage have seen uh, Snake Eyes because they're like, oh, wow, there's a guy from the Roshikage clan. Let's go fetch him. Thanks, bro. So, so they, they do a little bit of training. Jinx is there too. Um, and we, this is basically we, we get to see the origin. This is this is the Renegades version of the origin of uh, Snake Eyes, where uh, he once again it all comes down to like if you could just write something down and explain yourself, th th all the misconceptions of this entire show would just be <laughs> gone in seconds. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a epic fight between Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. Uh, Jinx gets in it to. Um, and yeah, every, everything goes all over the place, and eventually Jinx joins the Russia Kage and leaves Snake Eyes behind because she thinks that he killed the, the hard master. Not to be f sad. confused with the Russia Kagne, the Kagne, Kagne. Yes, the Kagne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're ninjas. That, that's kind of my perspective on this thing. They, they kind of they go out there, and he's like, "I need to train you." Anyway, what did you guys think of these episodes? Was was this what you? you thought a new version of the Roshikage should be like? I felt like if Snake Eyes doesn't want to get noticed, he shouldn't have an Roshikage tattoo on his uniform. On his Not even yeah. a tattoo, mm. he just basically printed it on his on his uniform. So, <laughs> But maybe he maybe he wants Storm Shadow to, to track him down. Maybe that's his end game. Maybe that's why he was uh, training the Joes to begin with. Look, guys, I... You know my stance on flashback heavy animation. It's yeah. just not an effective Lazy. way for me to, to... Well, it's the only way. Your back's in a corner. It's not like they're going to set a sequence and just run it through, you know, set in the past. Um, they want to kind of keep it in the now, but it's always so clunky, isn't it? Mm. I We're in the middle of a fight. Let's talk about the past. What am I saying? Talk about the past. It's, I'm monologuing because you can't talk. This is what we hand gesture the past, <laughs> which is actually a huge criticism I have for that episode as well. Just want to put that out there. Too many hand gestures. Okay, but but let's let's start off on a positive note. I really like the idea that Jinx is Snake Eyes's disciple. Yes. That after the falling yes. out of the Yurashikage and the Hard Master's death, Snake Eyes splits, but Jinx comes with him. I like mm -hmm. that. Me too. And the fact that this whole episode is vying for her allegiance. Storm Shadow arrives and he's like, no, you're coming with me, Kim. We're going to avenge your father's death. We're going to 
bring the Oshikage up to a new level. You're going to be at my side this whole time. Meanwhile, she's like, no, I'm going to stay with my master. And then Storm Shadow exposes, apparently exposes, Snake Eyes' uh, involvement in the death of the Hardmaster, and that, that's the final straw. So there's this kind of interesting new avenue for storytelling that never existed in G.I. Joe before, where Snake Eyes is not only fighting Storm Shadow, but fighting his former apprentice as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Will it go that way? We shall see. How about you, you know, Paul? I, what did you like? I like the whole difference uh, to the comic book and any other lore that we've had before with the Hardmaster's death. And I, I appreciated that they didn't go for the arrow thing. And I also like that we don't really know who poisoned the Hardmaster. So, I, you know, I enjoy the questions that were created through the episode. And, um, yeah... I like. I, I actually thought that the the forest was really really nicely done. It had that cool misty feel. <laughs> and the backgrounds are <laughs> so cool. The backgrounds. The backgrounds did did work for me. That was fun. Um, like I think I think to be fair, I enjoyed most of it. I, I think the only thing I didn't really love too much, in fact, it's something I don't like from Renegades as a whole. I really hate that design for Storm Shadow. Like ah. Like it's now we the, the worst. Stuff. Oh goodness! It's the worst storm shadow design ever, and I can't stand it. And I also hate. Uh, and I also Did get you annoyed check out when those you're... extra parts that came with your Renegades storm shadow action figure. They are in you know because the you plastic could, container. You could make him classic, or you or... could make him Shit. Renegade style. <laughs> Renegades. Do you remember that? So, yeah, I, I do mm. remember that. I was looking at the parts the other day because I was putting new parts away in my in my my boxes, but um. So, like, yeah, I can't stand that design. And I also don't like the fact that if you're going to have an episode that is very martial arts heavy uh, or sword heavy, um, at least have Storm Shadow hold his sword correctly uh, for most of the episode. There were sections when he's, where he's actually holding <laughs> his sword backwards. And I'm like, really? Like, I've, yes. I've also seen... Even I caught that. That's so weird. Yes, it's, it's, it's like a toy thing that people do as well. But I've seen people post pictures of their, like, classified figures and stuff as well. And they put the sword the wrong way, and I'm like, "Are you blind?" Maybe <laughs> <It looks so laughs> cool. they're just they're just grinding it out. I, I I know exactly what you're referencing, and it wasn't actually a picture; it was a it was a play motion. Yeah. Okay. Shame. Yeah. That, Don't worry. My, the the comments the comments did so kind of harangue cool. him. Yeah. So it's just backwards. little things it's like that. Awesome. It's it's like it's it's all inspired by Darth Maul. You know, that's what it is in the end. It all comes from Darth Maul with his double lightsabers. He's able to hold them forwards, backwards, all over the place. And it yeah, looks cool. But the lightsaber has an edge every which way you point it. Uh, whereas a sword... What, what, what Paul's referring to is like Storm Shadows, what he's, he's knocking people with the flat of the, the blade, yeah. not the yeah. edge. He doesn't want to hurt them because he's an honorable man. Oh, wait, he isn't actually. No, he isn't. Because <laughs> and then that, that was a big thing as well. Like, um, so glad you touched he, on that. The hard master was was influenced by Snake Eyes's um, honor and the way that, that he kind of like approached me. stuff. And that irritates me so much. It does it actually. Yeah, it irritates me. So okay, much. okay. Then then let me put a fine point on it for us all, fellas. Snake Eyes, young Snake Eyes, is a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I he was a bit most offensive grown worthy line and and let's let's zoom out just for a second and say that i find any time you give snake eyes voice 
it better be fucking profound and well yes. measured because yes. you can't make this important character the, the few lines that he gets to speak you can't make them as douchey as well the hard master says after storm shadow kind of swipes one of um snake eyes's like pillars that they're running on the hard mm. master says Blind a Boston. room for honor in their rashikage sees every advantage and then snake eyes promptly wins the race and says honor is my advantage sensei oh, <laughs> fuck off yeah that that was like, as bad as the book. line i don't remember exactly but he's like sitting down for tea with the hard master and the hard, you know the scene where, where he gets poisoned and the Hardmaster is like, I want to change what the Arashikage is. We must no longer oh, be I've ruthless. We must be honorable. And then Snake Eyes is like, like if you, Rest you assured, say, Sensei, I will do everything in my power to lead the Arashikage down an honorable path. And I will protect, oh. Snake, I'll protect Storm Shadow until my dying breath. <sighs> it's like, yeah, I've yeah. inspired this old man to change his ways. Wow. This young young boy came into his life and he's inspired him to change his ways. Very, yeah, very profound. Very wise savior as well, my... which I can't stand. Yeah, of course, of course. This is a <laughs> problematic on a few levels. But now, you know, like 10 years ago, these weren't issues. Or at least they were issues, but they were kept out of the mainstream. Now, like, yeah. now we know that it's problematic to to have a white knight, a.k.a. a Caucasian character, suddenly show up in feudal Japan by the looks of things. I mean, this, mm. this is probably in the 90s, but there's not a shred of technology to make it look that way. I'm talking about mm -hmm. the sort of the marketplace scene. Well, it can't be that anyway. long ago. I mean, it's like 10 no, years. No. I mean, how old is Jinx in the, the story currently? True. She's probably like 18. 18? And, and she was she's eight apparently eight. Then. Yeah, mm. so it's not that long ago. Jeez. Yeah, but it looks like feudal Japan, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. My point, though, is like you have to strike a balance, and it's it's tough because this show has lulled us with its writing, with its kind of well fleshed out characterizations that it's mm. aimed at an older audience. But then when they dumb down Snake Eyes' backstory like this, you must remind yourself this is for kids so that they can understand the good mm. versus evil split. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's a douchebag. But like. Ugh. It lacks any of the nuance. I'm reminded of one scene from I think issue 26, like the Snake Eyes origin issue, where Hardmaster and Softmaster are watching Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow spar, and Hardmaster turns away before the first blow is struck, and Softmaster's like, "Huh? Do you know the outcome?" And he's like, "Yeah, Snake Eyes won," and like Softmaster's like, "Nah." Clearly, you didn't hear what I heard. I clearly heard Snake Eyes' sleeve being cut by the young master, Storm Shadow. And the hard master's like, yes, but Snake Eyes let him win because he wanted the young master to save face in front of us. That's the mm -hmm. strength of Snake Eyes. Like, that is, that's yep. so nuanced and so fucking cool, man, that he is better, but he yeah. will not, he will not blow his own trumpet ever mm -hmm. he will only use it when it's absolutely necessary you know, not to, to, to settle some petty squabble exactly anyway, you can't yeah, that... you can't convey that in a 22 minutes kids cartoon no it, you can but it's very difficult that had, that's <laughs> why it's two parts 50 minutes 
They had eight flashback scenes between these two. Come on, guys. Eight. Oh, eight. Too much. Eight. Yeah, and <laughs> and and those and they were pretty much ineffective as well. Like they didn't one of uh, of those eight, I think three of them were the same scene repeated. Mm-hmm. Um because it was the same. No, the I, counted that, the hot... I counted oh, that as okay. one. I counted that as one. Oh, okay. It would have been okay, closer well then, to like 12, maybe. Yeah, we just didn't get like, we could have gotten cool highlights of the the sort of dichotomy between the Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes as they were training and the whole thing. But like, maybe it's just because I've read enough books and stuff on the shit that, you know, like technically, not technically, but with the whole ninja thing, like killing the master is actually in a weird way a, a, a means to inherit the system. Like it sounds cruel, but it's like a nature thing. You know, the master the master's gotten to a point where they're too old to defend themselves. So the strongest and the you know the ballsiest member could challenge and kill him or just kill him. And yeah. Because he's killed him, he's not part of the system that they incorporate the school into their exactly that that is another way that is one way of looking at it, you know. So, uh, like, is uh, technically Snake Eyes in in a lot of ways in the old let's call it the old Rashikage way as uh, as the cartoon sees it actually didn't do anything wrong. He just uh, took power if he was the killer (laughs) over a ninja clan. If he was the killer, but we know he wasn't. Also, um. Ninja are famous for using poison. Uh, and one of the things that you're trained with when it comes to poison is a resistance to it. Which uh, they so... explain in the modern day. Yes. So it's interesting that the hard master never had that training. Exactly. So, yeah, because you, you basically... No, at least everyone's always carrying a, 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 a bamboo sliver in their outfits. Well, that's oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Always back in the there. day. And he's also that's, that's, that's quite an interesting in concept, day. though, for a kid's cartoon. You're like, oh, he's going to give him, you know, a tracheotomy. Tracheotomy, um, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they do harp on that. Uh, I mean, it, but it's like, as it's always happened, I'm pretty sure this has happened in other stories before we've discussed. If he could just, he doesn't even have to talk. He could just write shit down. Yeah. It's like, give me a moment. He writes it down. I was trying to perform a tracheotomy. He was dying from poison. Oh, okay then. Well then, yeah. uh, cool master. You're still a cool dude. The the bow, uh, namaste, whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know. I mean, he doesn't... Mm. Talking is not the only form of communication. And he does have other forms. He has, he has hand signals he can do. Um, he has the ability to write. Even though he grew up in feudal Japan. <laughs> I once worked for a director who told me that you you can reset um, scripts in basically two eras now because you can't straddle the two. You either have them in a pre-cellular phone era or post-cellular phone era because so much of the things that vexed us in a pre-cellular phone era do not they you know the, the communication is so easy now yeah. you're not going to be wandering the streets looking for your brother's killer when it's actually someone else because they'll just get you on the text and say um hey slow down pal you got the wrong guy 
you know, these mistaken identity issues mm -hmm. um, would not occur. And unfortunately, renegades in in kind of adopting the Snake Eyes Storm Shadow backstory from an earlier time have kind of issued that divide. Like they yeah. really need to be cognizant of the fact that, yeah, Snake Eyes could just stick it in a text, stick it in an email, write it on his forehead. I don't know. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> I did not kill Hotmaster. Yeah. And they would have hashtag the not kill Hotmaster. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna rape yeah. this guy with a um two and a half right down the middle. I feel like I'm doing a lot of renegades like that. I wanted to yeah. soar to some lofty heights, so this is a kind of a middling like it's a serviceable way of conveying the story. And I pluck one very cool new element out of it, and that's kind of the, the, the eternal struggle between good and evil and basically jinx's soul is in the middle mm. um that's that's cool that was perhaps not the intention of this episode but that's what i draw from it yeah good and some funny I like, lines i mean <laughs> you know. roadblock is being pulled out of a burning building or house and he's like sorry snakes they make them heavy in biloxi that tells <laughs> me that they're red roadblocks file card yeah. If they know so much about these characters, they could write them better. Them <laughs> well, Snake Eyes did get them all into that, um, all into the the cabin by himself. So that is actually quite impressive. I mean, we know that he can pick up Roadblock. So he that's, can do that's it. Insane. I so Paul, where, where do you where do you fall on this episode? I also uh, I, I feel it's average. It's an average episode. So I'd also say like two point five right. because. It's an okay ninja story and it's an okay G.I. Joe story. It's not an exceptional any of any of those things. You know, I would excuse it if it was an exceptional ninja story that was very much a huge departure from it being G.I. Joe, but still was serviceable, then I'd give it a high review and likewise the other way around. But it's just so middling. It's so average on both sides. Also, yeah, you know, that's yeah they know that that's where i'm coming from too it's it's like it doesn't do anything new with the origin but and it's not like super exciting to watch either like, like the action isn't always absolutely amazing and that tool that 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 um duke was given when they're on the <laughs> the waterfall at the end suddenly oh, that change can just extend to any distance so you, you <laughs> oh yeah like it's like a short little thing and then suddenly it's like miles long and they're like flying off a waterfall to catch snake eyes and it's like oh wow that was yeah. so much fun yeah good job that's that was yeah that also <laughs> that irked me a little but i can be okay with it because of ninja logic or because of cartoon logic the thing that annoys yeah, yeah. me is like how proficient jinx is physically like she can do all kinds of stuff she can jump up in trees and she can do all that but she gets stuck in a hole and she can't get out of it that was and another that really, thing that annoyed really me really irritated me yeah. You know, like suddenly she couldn't go very far up the hole. Yeah, that, that was also annoying. It, it just she just had to be in the hole for a while, you know. Yeah, like I get it's a, it's a plot divide, it's a plot thing, but contrivance. It's, but it's it's, it's like it, it it logically makes no sense. It's yep. just like mm, she falls into a hole, and then snakes kind of slither out of gaps in the hole and and are threatening her. And all of a sudden, yeah. I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder if the writers on the Snake Eyes Origins movie 
watched that scene and were like, yeah, with snakes. Let's That's that. such a cool concept. Oh, I love it. In the rain, because snakes love snakes that. Snakes are definitely associated mm. with the Rashikage, the history. The of- film was very Arashikage centered. And so I think they would have watched this, was, this episode would have been on the kind of essential watching list. Watching list. It's, it's possible. possible. Yeah. Probably. Yep, yep. yep. I mean, they definitely did. I mean, because Jinx wasn't always, I mean, she isn't part of the Rashikage originally, right? I mean, in the. In oh, no, the, she is. The, her surname is. Right from the is very start. Kim okay. Arashikage. Kim Arashikage. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I never bothered to know Jinx's name. I thought there was like a contrived cartoons. And then from there, they kind of like uh, they kind of made it that way. Okay. Well, I didn't I know her something. father was the hard master. That I think was new information in this cartoon. Uh, I think because the file card says that she grew up in the United States and then went to Japan on like a family visit and just stayed there. Oh, so the family's just really big. Like they mm. are the non-ninja members of the family who are like, we're not well, They don't call him the hard master for nothing, hey? Just <laughs> <laughs> well, what I thought was kind of, what, what, what I thought was implied... Or as I, or actually, as I was watching the episode, I was like, okay, so he was the hard master because you know, he took this. Um, uh, it's not about honor; it's about being, um, you know, the, the the craziest ninja person you could possibly be, um, <laughs> ruthlessness. And now I'm the, oh, I'm all about being honorable. Now mm. I am the soft master. That's what I thought was mm. happening there. It's just going to change his name from being the the hard master to the soft master. That's. That's another thing that's like kind of a mess up there as well because he's literally the only master. The other guys yeah. in the background are just like mm, they're just like shills. They're just like there to they're like. Just there. Well, I mean things. that's also a thing with the with the. You guys movie. remember when they had that like really, really like mm-hmm. bad like hubbub? It's sort of it's sort of rhubarb rhubarb. You know what do they call it? Wabba when you've got background action. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Voices and it was like very clearly not Japanese. But it was oh. like gobbledygook that sounds Japanese. <laughs> no. Gross. Come on. Yeah, that was and gross. Also, well, I know that um, you wanted to raise this on previous episodes, but it's something that I have a super awareness of now. And not just because this ep- this particular passage of, of episodes uh, plays it heavily. It but like anytime, anytime there's a martial artist on screen, you get the, <laughs> the Asian flute. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> And oh, it's thank it, you. It's every time yeah. Snake Eyes kind of pops on the screen in a regular episode, they get the it's literally. I went back and rewatched because Stephen um, mentioned to me off air. Uh, I went back and rewatched the package, and like every single time it comes on, it's like, <laughs> guys, thank you for bringing that up because it's also something about this episode that I think I just. Because I I literally just watched that as a refresher before we we did this episode. It is relentless, and, and I gotta say that if I do anything play motion that re, uh, involves ninjas, I'm gonna use this episode or these two episodes soundtrack as a cautionary tale. The soundtrack is <laughs> actually not really irritating. Like I found it very distracting and very like it had the wrong mood. It was just very irritating. Um, it was like, um, you know, when you buy a Snickers bar, that's, it looks like a Snickers bar, the color of the Snickers bar, the, everything is there, but it's not called Snickers. It's called like Schnackers or something. That's what it felt like. <laughs> it felt like it was, it wasn't Japanese <laughs> enough. If you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, 
it's just annoyingly fake. It's annoyingly canned. I, I, I couldn't stand it. But anyway, that was uh, another like sort of issue I had with these two episodes. And also, I don't feel that they needed to be two episodes. Um, it's another thing that I felt with this thing. But on a positive, I like that we focus a lot of uh, uh, quite a bit on Jinx and and her as a main character and and her sort of having to do to choose what's going on. Well, it's a nice introdu- introduction to her character. I mean, you get a little bit of Storm Shadow, but the focus is who is she and how does this how does this all affect her? So, I mean, mm. the 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 flashbacks and all of that was basically giving more context to like how does this all yeah, how does this affect her, and where does her, where does she go next? So it was still yeah. being current by showing you the old stuff. So the flashbacks were kind of in service, but still flashbacks. <clears throat> and um, I got a question for you guys, just with regards to oh. Storm Shadow, because Celia and I were chatting about Storm Shadow because she was kind of uh, she enjoyed the episode, which again, and I always like to, if I can include her thoughts or her reactions into something like this, I, I dig it because this is a person oh. who's not into GI Joe at all, um, and she was very curious about you know the whole origin, like she she because uh, when she saw it, she was like, oh, is that why Snake Eyes doesn't speak? And I'm like, in this cartoon, yes, that's why Snake Eyes, <laughs> you know. And she was like, oh, okay, cool. And then she asked me to elaborate on that. And that was cool, you know, because that got her interested in asking questions. So I thought that was great. But it did prompt me to wanting to ask you guys um, about Storm Shadow, just in general. Like, how do you guys like Storm Shadow being 150% villain, like horrible badass? Or do you like the idea of him being a sort of, he does what he needs to do in service of him trying to find the people who killed the hard master. So do you, so ultimately what I'm asking is, do you think storm shadow is a bad guy or do you think he's a good guy? And with that, where do you, where, where do you think he should actually sit? What's the best position for him for you guys? Take first crack at it, Rob. I, I think I've oh got my goodness. You obviously have a prepared it. answer. Um, something that well, I think about in my spare time, as you do. That's absolutely wild. Well, obviously, if we all just sit around thinking about Storm Shadow, right? <laughs> tattoos, whether how many tattoos you should have, where they are, you know, obviously Full that's sleeve. what we do. Both sides, clearly. <laughs> Full sleeves, kneecaps, make all over the hexagram. You just, you just like, <laughs> you mosaic. covered it up. <laughs> where is it? Exactly. Yeah, but um, I think I, I, I like it when he's more conflicted. But then also that also comes down to um, a child misunderstanding a situation. And also that also then feeds into misunderstandings that could have been very easily um, solved, you know, if, if he was able to just write shit down. Because obviously you can initially have the kind of misunderstanding he, he leaves. And I can't understand, like, yeah, I, I, I think... It, Initially, I like him as an antagonist, but then it's kind of cool for him to kind of come to the realization of actually, you know, whoever did this wrong. Um, yeah. was wrong, you know, that I'm wrong and, and I need to be better, a better person. Um, and I like I like that there is a character in G.I. Joe that has that kind of turn in their char- in, you know, in who they are. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it being Storm Shadow. So, yeah, cool. I, I don't think he should be a full-on villain 100% of the time. Um but I like I like that there's development in his character. So I like that. I like the idea of that version of Storm Shadow, where initially he is one way, but he he kind of 
comes to be a, d- a different person later on, which I think mm. he doesn't do so much in the comic books. Obviously, in the comic books, he's just... Oh, no, he does. The... No, does comic he, books, he does. I mean, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, from the start, he was only doing it to find the, the killers of his his um, his uncle. I mean, he yeah, was so essentially good from the his, very start. His... But he chose a very um, morally dubious route to kind of, like, get the answers. Because he started out extremely filled with rage and and desperate for you know he, he, oh, okay. so he to does shake hands with the devil mm. i my answer goes along the lines of like we see in storm shadow not only the most complex character of gi joe but also the one who the passage of time has a effect on because yeah he at like at a very young age perhaps even at, you know as, as soon as he was could walk he was trained by this badass ninja secret clan to -hmm. be a living weapon. He was Mm -hmm. fashioned so hard. You know, he was, he probably denied all the kind of youthful enjoyment because he was the star pupil of this clan of killers. He was sent off to Vietnam as a kind of a a graduation um, or final exam, basically like to be, thrown into a very dirty jungle war and either he survives or he doesn't like this is a, 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 the test of our star pupil um and immediately he starts softening a bit because he establishes his first real friendship um his brother in arms brothers in arms if you want to include stalker in that number and maybe wade as yeah. well but Sean. like still <laughs> no wade Oh, no, Sean's... Oh, that is Wade, yeah. Wade is his dad. Ah, so you do know, Rob. Good. I know know some stuff. (laughs) Stitching together. And then (laughs) takes this guy into the coven, into the fold. And then his whole world falls apart. So all of a sudden he is... He's this powerful entity with no future, no no way to, to use his energies other than in rage. And he wants to find this killer. Like how he transforms from that to the moment where he takes Billy under his wing and becomes mm. a master himself, becomes a teacher, and philosophically makes the decision to lay down his sword, like stop this quest for vengeance because it just takes you down a path of self-destruction. Like Storm Shadow's transformation from bad guy to good guy is literally just him aging out enough to have the wisdom to like cool himself mm. and, and let that more philosophical side, uh, you know, overtake the, the hot headedness. So I believe in him when he wears the Cobra symbol and is prepared to kill in service of Cobra. And I equally believe in him when he has turned the corner and says, eh, martial arts is, just a means to an end it's not the end itself like the the doctor does not enjoy the disease we do not enjoy violence i'm paraphrasing the comic book but basically like yeah i I like storm shadow's arc is very vivid for me Mm. Mm. and that's why he can be a bad guy and a good guy yeah he's a really great ninja (laughs) like if you think about it like he goes on this, like you said, he goes on this quest for, for vengeance. Initially, he, 
he's trying to well it's interesting because it's kind of vengeance but at the same time he's actually trying to find the actual killer and so he adopts being the bad guy he's like he he wears the skin of a villain and he's really good at it like you know he he sort of fully commits himself to that and when he's figured out what he needs to figure out then he's like okay cool now i've got to drop this all and i've been thinking about storm shadow quite a lot because there's like ideas and things that i have um but in my head canon i've always felt that storm shadow was never a bad guy um but knew how to be a good a bad guy you know as an end, uh, as a means to an end and then had to find redemption for all the bad things that he's done and then actually learned what it meant to be the master uh, the the leader of the Russia Kage and i also feel like the hard master in some ways kind of saw that in him as well and went he is not it's not that he's incapable of being the leader of the Russia Kage but rather he needs to earn it uh, whereas I think he saw Snake Eyes and was like, Snake Eyes is really great, you know, would, would be a great like figurehead for the Arasha Kage now kind of thing. And um, maybe that just created, well, then we know that Cobra intervened. I mean, Cobra didn't want Arasha Kage to be stable um, to cause the whole thing. But I was just more curious on your thoughts, guys, because like I often sit here, because when I was uh, telling Celia the whole story, I feel like, and I'm glad we're rereading Era as well. I feel like my whole perception on Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes has been completely skewed because, in my mind, how it works is, and I should reread this again just to be so everything I'm saying now is, is how I'm remembering and how I've galvanized it in my head. But Storm Shadow is not actually angry with Snake Eyes, it's Snake Eyes that's angry with Storm Shadow. And Storm Shadow, instead of like, you know, being a bitch about it goes okay i'm gonna go and find the source of my killers then joins cobra to get into there uh, in uh, the source of the hard master's killer um then joins cobra and does that it's storm Sh it's actually snake eyes is the one that has the grudge it's snake eyes is the one who can't put the sword down initially which is how i see it in my mind maybe it's because i like storm shadow so much that i'm seeing that i'm uh, making snake eyes out to be the villain and also i feel like snake eyes hasn't grown as a character i feel like storm shadow like you said steven like storm shadow really has grown he really does understand like this hard past and he has learned how to like forgive himself in a lot of ways anyway so it's a whole thing i feel i feel like we need a storm shadow episode one day in the future so, i feel like we've so. done it in the past for definitive storm yeah. Shadow. but yeah, we, it's we always can. a cool thing to touch on i'm not gonna lie um i keep touching yeah i get a lot out of these these kind of discussions and i hope hope the listeners do too guys oh, i yeah. think we're gonna wrap up the media section of the podcast and save comic books and old school cartoons for another session because we've got some new shit to talk about yeah and I, I you think, do i think i agree with you. <laughs> we've technically done two cartoons this episode technically yes indeed <laughs> indeed well, before I get into uh, my news, does anyone else have any new shit they'd like to discuss? I, I, I'll take, I'll take this one uh, for now. Whoa! So, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, the awesome human being known as Ryan Sweeney uh, mm. uh, found, uh, well, happened to to make my dreams of having a Tiger Force outback and classified a reality. <laughs> Uh, so now I have, have yes, 
<laughs> I haven't shown pictures uh, primarily because I actually want to save it for like a review thing, if possible. And I want to I want to oh, yeah. save my thoughts on it for that review. Um, I'm very very happy to have this toy. I'm beyond thrilled. It's uh, I I think you guys saw when I sent you a picture on the WhatsApp group. I was just like just really excited about this guy, and yeah. And when I was talking about playing with toys, he was one of the toys that I was playing with. Another one, another cool arrival uh, came in the form of uh, Greg Crockett. Um, so thank you very much, Greg. Uh, he sent a whole bunch of stuff to Stephen, and then Stephen forwarded to Robin myself. So thank you very much for that, Steve. It has arrived already. I'm busy putting it in a box for it you, Rob, to have it. Fucking ten days for a pair of glasses to get back to me, but I, but figures arrive within like a week. That's crazy. Aramex is amazing, right? Amazing. So that is that's pretty freaking awesome. Pretty freaking awesome. Like, but here's the here's the thing. I don't want to show off any of the figures that I got until Rob has got his. So I'm hoping that you will have yours by this weekend, by this coming weekend. Because uh, you got some very cool stuff, and I don't want to discuss what you got because that would be spoilers. Um, that would be very spoilery. Oh, but, we okay. Well, that's off, off air. But uh, I am so. But I, I feel like maybe I can mention the toys that I got. At least mention them, and then we can discuss them at length. Uh, when are they GI Joes? And then we can get excited. They are GI Joes. So I finally got Fisherman Bazooka. <laughs> um, Dude, and I'm so he glad. Is, he's great. Finally. I finally got him. He's so cool. Um, and, and 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 I didn't just get the figure. I got all of his accessories. So Greg, Whoa. thank you, man. That's that's pretty freaking amazing. Also got a um, a Mirage from the Mega Marines, uh, uh, complete with his cool goggles, uh, and Mirage. also all of his accessories. So his BFG, his BFGs, because he's got <laughs> two big freaking guns. Um, and yeah, so. That is super happiness here in the Lopsha household. Um, and then another great guy, a figure I didn't know existed um, for a long time, is a character called Banzai from the Ninja Force. Basically, it's um, the same figure as Vega from Street Fighter, Balrog. Uh, and wow. So like, he, I just got him and he's got the coolest pink pants ever of any G.I. Joe that I can think of right now, or black and pink <laughs> pants. Um, and Celia thought he was very S&M. And, ah. uh, and then I saved, uh, well, I'm going to call it the best for last, but actually all of these toys are on the same level of excitement for me. And I've got him over here on his stand. And that is the Night Creeper leader, as in the orange one, which is so ah. good. This toy is so cool, guys. I know I, knew I, I know I said I wouldn't talk about them too much, but oh my word, this toy is cool. And... Night Creeper Leader really is a hidden gem in this line. Uh, it's a ninja well, cool force figure. Duke riding his <laughs> missile launcher. <laughs> no, no, he's, he's way cooler. Of course, he's, he's way cooler. I'm sorry. A Duke riding his missile launcher is fun, but the Night Creeper Leader is a ninja force figure with no ninja force action, uh, like action features, which just immediately elevates him to a special level. And he comes Paul's with not the coolest saying gear. that he's actually supposed to be a ninja force guy. Paul's merely saying that he's a ninja he's a ninja without yeah, any he's totally a ninja choppy, choppy he's got yeah he's got two swords he's got road pigs gear he's great and it's given me so many cool fun ideas for stuff and these are the toys i've been playing with I actually found myself at two o'clock in the morning uh like acting out mm. some 
cool little scenes with the Night Creeper and Benzai and, and everything. So anyway, I'm very excited about my new Look, Paul, I'm, I'm glad you didn't keep a lid on it like we discussed you would because then let's let's pour it on pour some love onto greg and natalie and lost and found toys yes ladies and gentlemen they have a storefront now in seymour indiana yeah if you're passing through seymour check out lost and found toys um they are the most wonderful toy dealers you're ever likely to meet and heck yeah our relationship with them has, has, has run a number of years now, but you don't have to take my word for it necessarily. I often hear Lost and Found Toys being referenced by other fellow G.I. Joe podcasters who've been to local G.I. Joe or just general toy shows, and Greg and Natalie are there with their, with their wares. And it is always a glowing experience. Like the, the, the review on these podcasts is wonderful to listen to because i'm like i know those guys that's awesome <laughs> so yes we've had food with them podcasts we've broken the bread with them yeah. <laughs> we have broken bread yeah. with them they offered us their couches but we decided no we got to get to chattanooga sorry guys <laughs> we will plunge through the night in the middle of a rainstorm with massive semi trucks blazing past <laughs> us in every direction that yeah so cool. it was dramatic stuff <laughs> was it because i was shitting my pants all <laughs> so was i but it was cool <laughs> you know anyways greg and natalie love you guys thank you thank you thank you for the sweet sweet care package i can't even call it that it was a a massive massive intensive care love. package <laughs> yeah toy toy drop like a mm. para drop Jerry in the Dunk. sky you beautiful i love it reinforcements people. have arrived yes. If you are in Seymour, Indiana, check out Lost and Found Toys. Google it. If you're even passing in the remote vicinity, Greg and Nat will make it worth your while. Over, just, just go there. Make yeah, that you got another movie. reason. Yeah, you, you got... I mean, yeah. Just, just yeah. go and do it. Just go and do of it. Course. Because, yeah, I don't want to compare them to anybody else. They are great. Don't do it. Don't, there's lots of great reasons to go to Indiana, but they're the first great reason. <laughs> For sure. The food that's number two i have become a facebook marketplace whore it is the best way to My get goodness. get deals on stuff that is literally in your area so <laughs> singles in your area <laughs> toys in your area man oh, so i stumble toy. onto like facebook's suggestions for me one fine day had this <laughs> lot of G.I. Joe figures. Amazing. No yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. Like 25 minutes down the road, um, there were multiple pictures. The first picture had, I could clearly see a fast draw, a worms, a sneak peek, a battle android trooper with his hand, um, blizzard. Uh, Hydro Viper. Hydro Viper. Yeah. Bunch of guys. Dr. Mindbender. Like all common all common figures, but it, it prompted me to quickly respond to the seller and say, like, yo, um, what price do you want for this lot? She was like, $260. Uh, Australian, which is about 170 US. I was like, Sorry. hmm. I could buy a hotel. I could see some, could see some value there. Because, <laughs> you know, they're 
I don't think they had all their accessories, but they certainly had a fair few of them. Um, where's the picture? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I poured over the pictures and there were accessories there. And I was like, hmm, starting to look a bit sweeter. I could probably complete a few figures for my, my Tom. Then I peer a few pictures later and lo and behold, there's some vehicles. There's a stun Ooh. with a flag. There's a flag so, there. The flag's still attached. It has cool. He means the flag for the, for the, for the stun. <laughs> <your listeners. laughs> As opposed to what? Uh, as opposed to an actual flag. USS flag, I would hate for the listeners. Oh, to I saw the stunner. USS flag. Oh yeah. No, sorry. Don't get excited. It was the no, but look, getting an unbroken flag for a stun is remarkable. And when I actually, well, yeah, I'll get to that in a later portion of the story. But like, it's a much more durable flag than the ones that I'm used to. The stun flag I'm referring to, not the USS flag. I wonder City how he boys. knows that. He's, he's spoiling the end of the story already. <laughs> anyway, um, Cobra Wolf, anyone? Classic, classic Ooh, vehicle. Love that it's vehicle. Good. It's a good vehicle. Mm. Uh, it, there was a maggot. So the worms drive, obviously, was included with the figures, but uh, it did give me faith that there was going to be a maggot. Um, and there indeed was. Wonderful. Good tank. I mean, good artillery piece. But you could play it like a tank. I'm sure that was part of the intention anyway. There was a bag of like miscellaneous figures. There was a Street Shark, a Superman, some Motu guys. Street Shark is exciting. Just saying. Street Shark is. It's sort of a knight. (laughs) Daniel LaRusso, exactly. Um, With his sort of chopping action and kicking action still functioning, which is fun. Oh, hell yeah. and the street shark, I realize, goes for fairly good money, even with paint wear and no accessories. Um, I've seen him go for like upwards of 120 US. Wow. His name's Ripster. He's like the night, like a night version of Ripster, which I think is the lead. I don't know. Anyway, stumble onto the final image of this lot. Why? Cobra Terracon. Oh my. Oh, <laughs> this will take my fi- breath away. With Firebat. Whoa. A new Firebat or the original Firebat? The original intended Firebat for the Terracon. And it even seems to have like extra parts. So maybe the person who owned it was like piecing it together from other Terradromes. Or maybe they got extras in the box, box back in the day. Anyways, long story short or long story long, I got in my car immediately and burned it to this woman's house because for 280 Australian dollars, all of that was the greatest find of my life. Probably, probably the greatest find of my life. Um, She informed me that there were at least two other people blowing up her inbox while I was en route. So it was nail biting stuff, but gentlemen, at the end of all of this, I have a TD. I you didn't a get it. Oh, you did get it. Wow. <laughs> and it's more complete than mine. <laughs> I put this sucker in my boot, guys, and drove it home. Plus all the extras. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Good times wild. were so had you, by you all. Of... all of, you, you got all of the stuff this entire I've lot. got the big. Yeah. Yeah. The lot is mine. Absolutely insane. Congratulations mm. on that, dude. Nice shot there, by the way. Is well that your done. shot? 
Is that your shop? Yes, it's now sitting atop the spare bedroom bed because I have no place <laughs> to put this it's thing. Huge. Certainly not with a two-year-old running around. And man, oh man, it's a rickety toy. Yep. Just please so watch rickety. out for those uh, those uh, balcony things. I, I can't think of the name of them now. But you know what the guns sit on? Parapets. Those things are very fragile, the parapets. Parapets. As you guys know, I had to go and get those from Joe from Jocon. So, why? Yeah, I had to. Well, I've got a spare one now. Hey, very lucky. Like I say, spare parts galore. Even gonna and, sell. Well, no, no, no ways. I was <laughs> delighted that this. Well, the collection came from her son, who emigrated oh. to New Zealand and is not coming back for his Joes. That's for sure. I, um, you know, because they're mine now. Good <laughs> <laughs> luck like trying to find but them. But he was very meticulous. Like all the figures are very minimally paint worn. Um, a lot of accessories were missing. I'd say seventy percent of the accessories are there. So, but what he was, what was great was, I mean, as you might know, if you have a pterodrome or if you have a maggot, like they've all got pins that easily crack off. Like the fueling mm -hmm. ports is oftentimes cracked hose pins, but the pins are still inside the rubber. And with the maggot, the radar dish was inside the seat well, mm. and the, the 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 broken pin was still inside the mount. So I took nice. a little paintbrush and pushed it through, got the pin out, reset it, re-glued it, reinforced it, pushed it back in there. Great. So I had a delightful time just like extracting broken pins and gluing them back in place. <laughs> I'm never oh. going to practically use those hose port posts. Like, you know, you put a rubber on a frail, thin piece of plastic. It's going to break. You know, the rubber flexes, the plastic does not. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, but I've got all the hoses. I've got all the, the, the fuel pumps. I've, I mean, this thing is... It's missing one cannon tip. I think that's it. Mm. And Ava, well, you might as well. Uh, I might pack. as well give you one cannon tip then. Then at least you have all of them. And then I have none of them. And then it looks uniform. I'm kidding. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's the best idea. But I love that you got all the door guns, especially the swing out doors, because that's that's what I'm missing on mine. Is I'm missing out the swing out doors and the guns. So okay. Well, I'm afraid I don't mm. have extras of those. But no, man, yeah, I don't. What uh, one, a day, delight. one day. Uh, also, like, check how nice your co your uh, computers are inside there. Like, they're not bubbling or anything, from what I can see. That's mine, mine really bubbly. the atmosphere, you know, the weather in Australia. No, look, the, it, under closer scrutiny, the edging of the stickers is all kind of a little bit white. Um, and that's expected. Bubbling. Okay. Mm, oh, is okay. it? Look, if, you, if you've yeah. got a repro... It's expected that this stuff has been stored poorly. Yeah. This kind of an adhesive drift. The glue kind of spills out on either sides and gets that furry, linty appearance. And tell the uh, and and the listeners, I'm sure, want to know: Does your elevator work for the AVAC, the launch tube? Why wouldn't it? I don't know. Why wouldn't it? Sometimes they're faulty. Sometimes they they don't work. Well, sometimes they're missing yeah, the, the chain. chain. The chain is there. It works. Mm. It's rickety like everything else on a pterodrome. <laughs> um, I feel like I need to kind of grease it somehow, but I wouldn't know where to to, to fire some WD-40. Like, 
Is it mm. in the track? Like, what is the source of the friction? Look, dude, I yeah. was just thrilled. I mean, I, as you know, I love cleaning up dusty old finds. And the yeah. Terradrome presents a interesting predicament because there's <laughs> no ways you could fit it into your tub. In fact, nope. most standard showers, you're going to struggle to fit that thing through a shower door. So, yep, yep. just like with your Terradrome, I took it out into the yard and turned the hose pipe on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it had to happen, man. Like, no, Paul, you were stalling, boy. I, I, you had that terror drone for months, and it was disgusting. And I was like, yeah, because I was on, scared, man. man. I didn't want to break it. Like I was well, shit scared. That's why you need someone who doesn't own it to wash it for you. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I Not also, my toy. Um, but I also <laughs> I found like one of the secrets to like toy cleaning um especially and, and it's worked so well on my jets here is i use car dash cleaner um it's a company called sheen uh, or shield and i use their their car dashboard interior cleaning spray and it's really really good on the plastic because after you've done an initial clean and you've wiped it down or whatever and you spray some of that on and you let it sit there for a little bit and then you use a cloth and you wipe off the excess it actually becomes quite dust resistant it it, it uh, makes it mm -hmm. anti-static and it's really great because wow. I had my night, my night raven, my uh, Python patrol, conquest, and my X uh, nineteen, and they that don't have you. dust on them. And there's that's wild. and that's that's insane. <laughs> so dude, this is an incredible find. Like everything so you cool, find dude. here is just like wild. Like, you know, and I still have that. I still have that dream. Yeah. <laughs> I still have that dream that I wanted to buy, you know, you guys tarot drums as well. You know, like Aww. I said on a much earlier episode, if I like, you know, crack a lotto or something like that. So now, thankfully, Steve, I only have to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> no, Stephen wants two of these. <laughs> I want four on each of my corners of my bed. Tarot drum <laughs> <post. laughs> But shit, dude, it's cool. And and I and I'm sure you like are, are feeling the magic behind it now. Like now that you have your own one, you like. Now you understand why it's so special. Yes, I swore off the Terradrome since I didn't feel I needed a base for Cobra. They're mm. always best as just being this kind of placeless enemy, you know, eternally present, but like completely, you know, they, they, they never had a home. Like, I, I don't want to play out Cobra's domestic life. Now that yeah. I have a Terradrome, I finally have a place to just place all those classic figures. You know, it mm. works best with figures, you know, you cap it at 1986, maybe 87, but yep. everything from those eras just works so sweetly with it. The vehicles as well, it as a center point, finally, for Cobra, it is essential. Mm. Just like cool, the flag like... is essential for your, your jets to park on. Mm. Like you need a Terradrome just for, just for Mindbender to hang up his hat. Just for a stun to kind of patrol around, like it's yep. just a centerpiece for for the Cobra armies. Keeps them keeps them from being this kind of nomadic entity. Mm. Hey, speaking of, uh, sorry, like in the little jail cell, uh, you didn't find any mm. nice surprises in there. Hey, no, no, like I, accessories. I partially disassembled the Terradrome in the hopes that I would, and no, no, no surprises. Extras. Bits. Why did you get some extras, Paul? No, no, I didn't. I just, uh, you know, because you're lucky with that kind of thing, finding radars in your 
you know, in the, the little cannon there. I keep wanting to call it the Persuader, but it's not. I don't know why I can't remember. I it. keep really wanting not. to find uh, Ice Viper size inside Cobra Wolves. Cobra Wolves, yeah. There you go. But, uh, <laughs> No dice. I think I found. Not I yet. think I found one of my childhood ones in my ice in my Cobra Wolf, and since then I've kind of had the burn on t- to get that. And also, like people who find um, uh, what's the name, heavy metal microphones inside old beat up Mauler shells. That's also mm. like a total fanboy wet dream. Worms antenna inside the the maggot. But no, I've it's picked over the, the, a, a worms the carcass. Well. I always had a worms, which prompts me oh. to wonder how I'm going to divvy up this stuff. <laughs> mm, I ain't going to lie. I would love a backup mind bender. Just saying. Wow. Pistols at but, Wow, Paul. Look, here's, here's, here's the thing. Without actually ever getting a mind bender on purpose, I think I have about four. So one of them is definitely yours, Paul. Thank you, man. Because I'm just so but scared of breaking that figure, and he's very special to me because of the play motions and and uh, doing his voice and stuff. He's become a very special character for me in a lot of ways. So, but that's would cool another thing. mind bender that wasn't involved in the play motions would that not just spark the fire within you? Well, no. Um, but this I is my actually issue without thought... having duplicates, having duplicates of named characters. Like it's just yeah, my backup in case I break pristine. your sums or something. Yeah, yeah that's that's my thing. Also, Paul, I you've got always a... got backups, man. Like yeah, I, got I you, like buddy. that. I like redundancies. Um, I I actually did get a second mind bender once upon a time, which I handed over to Rob. Uh, so absolutely crazy. So, oh, so Rob, you got a mind bender? Good. That's coming off the I... list. <laughs> well, I, I have, have a one. list you of need, duplicates I need, I need for a, both of you. You know, I need a backup <laughs> for my drawer, you know, the bag where I put all my Joes in. Well, this has been great seeing this 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 collection. It's just definitely I mean made us all very re- re- reminisce about the past and say thanks for the memories. I love how you're <laughs> like how you're a magnet for this stuff as well, Steve. It's awesome. It's cool how it's like, wild. I don't know it's it's just, he's looking, that's the thing, and he's in the first world, you know. Like we're sitting here and you know Africa, like there's not, not even any any point in looking for this stuff. Zero, no, that's not quick, true. I, I actually missed out on a, Oh, sorry. I yes, just I, I missed out on a very nice minty muskrat, uh, 90, a 93 or 90. Yeah, it's a 93 muskrat. Still, there's the thing 93. It's one I missed out on one of 90. those. You're not gonna, yeah, find but it's something I'm looking the for. The so. in Africa. And a bunch of other vehicles and bases and whatever else. You know, no, Kim said exactly the same thing. I thought she, she said, would. like, yeah, you, you're not going to find a, 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 a terradrome in South Africa. To which, well, do you know what you, my Kim. response to her was? Do you know what my Jones response to her was? No, I don't. No, no, no. You're right, Kim. My dear I wife. know exactly where to find a terradrome in South Africa. It's <laughs> at my friend's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have friends back home, okay? You have Ooh. these things. I got no, friends, no, Kim. What do you have you got? Uh, Family. <laughs> I've got friends here too. Come with me, it Elliot, occurs... to with toys. <laughs> it occurs to me that me and my drinking buddies this side of the pond could probably start another GI GI related uh, <laughs> podcast rival to GI Joburg, but um we better come up with a snappy Aussie centric name. Matt, right, I'm asking the... you, pal. Alan, 
This one's for you, Zazel boys. Yeah, give me a give me a title. Give me a, what a is podcast. The, what's the name of someone who's left their country behind? They're traitor. Uh, a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, like we do. Any, it, 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 oh, you could call yourselves the immigrants. How about that? Gross. That's cool. Well, no, they're, they're two Aussies in the group, a Kiwi and a South oh, African. Oh, um, okay. So we, you know, they're two, yeah, two true oh, blue oh, Australians here. We, we could go um, for the no, for the for the. Joe's down under. I mean, that that's pretty easy. I mean, come on. Oh, I was going to say, um, in previous Renegades episode with Major Blood and his mm. debut, okay, his accent was all over the place. It was very, very hammy. That was uh, an American. Not, not, not terrific Australian accent. But then again, <laughs> which of us can do a, an authentic Australian accent? It's, I'm pretty it's sure mythical. I'm very good at mine. <laughs> but he did use a phrase which is actually an Aussie thing in the same sense that like in Africa we have Ubuntu. It's like a, just a phrase that we, we all know because it's mm. kind of thrown in our faces in a way like this is a, a concept, a very sort of mm. the, the Africanness um, of it is, is very evident to African us. philosophy, yeah. Mm. Not but in Australia, Matata, there is a, a phrase called a fair go, which basically is a kind of a, it's an equality thing. Like everyone deserves a fair go. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the actual phrasing in the constitution, but I've seen it uh, written at length. (laughs) So we have this human life is, is enshrined. It's the best. It's cool. We have to protect life and everyone's rights to do things. And then Australia's just like, eh, everyone's got a fair go. The end. Constitution, <laughs> Australia. Hilarious. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you, you're, you're hilarious, Rob. But, cool. but basically, I just wanted to make light of the fact that the script was smart enough to work that into Blood's character because at one point, I think he Snake Eyes draws his sword and Blood pulls out his also blade, like long blade, and and said, "Yeah, come on, I'll give you a fair go." Yeah, Which that is kind of cool. Smart. I mean, mm. well, it's it's they've paid attention. Someone that was writing that episode or someone involved in production somewhere heard that as a phrase um, from Australia, and it's cool that they didn't they did uh, incorporate that. Smart. To cap this off, something that occurred to me um, while reflecting on this Terradrome story is like, I'm so glad I didn't go to that toy show in Sydney. Because I would have been obligated to like buy something, yeah, and I'd feel remorseful because you know, hundred and seventy US dollars on a pterodrome, you know, it's not an inconsiderable amount of money, but it's something that I really, really wanted. Considerably yeah. less, and than it comes with a ton of other stuff too. I mean, I think this is this is definitely Stun, worth dude. what you paid for it. Yeah. And the the best part of all, no postage. Hell yeah. No shipping. No, you just have to fetch it. Just raced over there. 20 minutes yeah, down the road. Cool. Are you kidding me? Okay. I mean, Steve, Step off Steve cloud had nine, this. Steve, Steve had this uh, <laughs> Steve on, on the YouTubes. Um, this video was posted where wow. Steve uh, received the score. He was talking about it and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, it was very good viewing for me. Thank you very much on that one. I, I, I shot him a, me- a message like sort of halfway through and then afterwards. <laughs> but Incredible I was. Video, Steve. 
I was super excited. No, incredible score, dude. Jesus. But anyway, I was excited for you when I saw you got a maggot because I looked at the sheet and I was like, those are really great figures to get. Like, oh my word, an IG, you know, Mindbender. And then I saw the um, the maggot and I was like, whoa, that's so awesome. Because, you know, for me, that's I've never seen one. Um, I actually keep forgetting that you have one. And then I was like, yay, cool. Steve's got a maggot. So like, you know, that's awesome. And he's got a whole bunch of extra accessories. Cool. And then to the be fair on you, like, Paul, the maggot has never come back with me to South Africa. I got it in Manila. And yeah, you can see, you can see the other one the in the picture there. Okay. Well, I, I yeah. And then, and then like I, like I saw that and I was like excited for you. And then you got the stun and I was like, son of a bitch, he's got another stun. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Which apparently has the, it's a European release. So the flag Ooh. is very much more uh, tolerable. Like it, it, it can flex. Because I, I have original stun flags courtesy of MCDJ CDC. And I took them out the other day to try and like see if I could maybe fashion a fix because they're broken. Um, they are mm. originals. Um, and it's like a twig. Just handling them, it snapped like a twig. It's oh, wild. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, as they're going along, even they were learning, you know, to, mm. to produce better um, toys, you know, that could have yeah. kind of, I mean, yeah. Well, thanks to Ronald Hoff for pointing out that, yeah, the, the factory in Ireland that produced the European stuns had that better plastic. So mm. clearly, yeah, they were making yeah, making decisions moving forward, even in a pre-internet age. Like without getting yeah. feedback from the public, they they knew that they'd made a serious error in that material and uh, made a correction. That's wow, oh, well, that's yeah. Old Hasbro was cool. What? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> well, this uh, has been a cool episode. I don't know if we've been, been a, a very interesting. Well, thanks I mean, for the toys. Thanks for the toys or something. I don't know. I mean, like it's definitely an, an erroneously named episode. Um <laughs> we, just to put everyone um out of their misery, we were going to review Tanks for the Memories in this episode, which is issue number issue five, five of G.I. Joe. A deals with the Mobat. But that was cool... so filled with hate, you know, and whatever <laughs> else. For for a Rashikage, and we also we were very excited about a TTBP possibly coming with the Dragonfly. So, well, why am I telling you guys this? You, you you've you've listened to it. You heard us talking about it. Um, Unless you're so the kind of person time, who jumps in right at the end. I don't know. Could be. Weird. Well, the next episode can, can be tanks for more memories. More <laughs> tanks for the memories. More tanks for the memories. T tanks Quit while for you're the behind. Memories two. <laughs> The sequel. Look at the majesty <laughs> of this toy. Look it at it. It is him. beautiful. Just, oh, I'm so happy you finally have him. It's just fisherman bazooka for anyone listening. Paul is showing Yo. us his fisherman bazooka with a green just, uh, gun. And I love no... that gun. Right. I mean, he... what about a fishing rod? Don't you have a fishing rod for him? He doesn't have. He he goes. Uh, he fishes with bombs, man. He doesn't use. Oh, rods. I can see the grenade on his arm there. Okay, I, I get <laughs> it. He's he's busy like. Yeah, I've, 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 the circle's now complete. I can, I've, I've, you guys know what I want to do with this guy. So, yeah, I'm looking forward stay to Stay tuned. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the next episode, which is brought to us by our amazing patrons. What a cool group, group of people. Supporting you us every week, people. every month, just, just keeping us going, keeping the lights on, 
despite ESCOM's best efforts to turn them off. Um, amazing. Like, I, I'm, always, I'm always flabbergasted and amazed that people are so happy to kind of like give a little bit of themselves to kind of like help us, you know, kind of keep going and keep the lights on, especially now that the exchange yeah. rate is what Yeah, the exchange rate is so like, yeah, Crazy. it just really makes it. If every dollar that you give to us goes even further now because of the exchange yeah. rate. So, well, yeah. <laughs> well, of. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's it's a thing. Well, but at the end of yeah. the day, your support is very welcome. It helps keep the lights on. It it's helps appreciated. Keep StreamYard I mean, going. It's a, it's it does it a lot of wonderful things for us. Also, thank you to the guy who bought um, some ninja, uh, some storm shadow um, gear off our spring. <laughs> well, spring. Well, it occurs oh, no, to me you. that people are going to Joe Fest this next weekend, and they yes. are rocking some merch. Because why wouldn't you? If you are yeah, a, you a member to. of the Berg Force or GI Joe Berg Die why Hard, show it off. Exactly, so and GI Joe inspired. Cool designs, guys. If I do say Thank so myself, sure. and I will say so myself because I had nothing to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Mr. Paul Lopes. Well, ahead of Berg, I hope. I hope everyone um, has a great time at Jocon. Um, and I hope to see tons of awesome news and awesome pictures and everything awesome. else. Have a great time at Jocon. Have a great time being around other GI Joe fans. It's 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 a it's an amazing experience. It's a vibe, uh, as the kids say. Enjoy it. <laughs> Have a good time. And spare a thought for our buddy Sergeant Slaughter Slaughterhouse, Zazel Phoenix, who managed there? to get there. He's there. Yes. He's hanging out. He's hanging out. Guys, like, I am needing to be pinched out of my, <laughs> my reverie for him. Because imagine having a childhood friend, idol, someone who you followed in wrestling and in action figure form, dressed up as someone you totally just worship the ground that, they, that their cartoon feet fell on. Flash forward to being an adult and starting your own channel to to honor and to pay tribute to that person and and then you actually get to meet them not yeah, only that on like a friendly basis yeah stay at their house have barbecues with it like zazel is i don't know man it, it it's probably the field of story of very it's, mm. it's amazing it is I'm, I'm very happy for like the dragonfly <laughs> so, yeah, Hazel is the real, real story of of June twenty twenty three, and that is perhaps the best note to leave episode one hundred and eighty two, uh, title forthcoming. <laughs> Maybe that's the name <laughs> of this episode. Oh, uh, I like that. Love you guys. Thank you for hanging Love out with too. me once again on this successful mission. Awesome. Yo, Jack. Bag, 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 bag,